Hello, Disney fans, and welcome to the show. My name is Austin Terrace, and I'm joined here today by my two wonderful sisters, Kylie. Hey, everybody. And Emma. Hi, everyone. Coming up on this episode of Disney Daydream, Mears announces Disney Resort service to replace Magical Express, the Skyliner has another accident, and the Disney Look guidelines for cast members have been updated. Later on, we'll talk about the return of character dining at Disney. So, take a little break in your busy day, and let's start daydreaming. so much for listening to our show make sure that you connect with us on social media you can follow our instagram account at dis daydream like our disney daydream podcast facebook page and you know if you'd like to send us an email that's always an option dis daydream at gmail.com and if you would like to take that next step and enter super fan status then you can go ahead and check out our patreon page patreon.com slash disney daydream we offer special perks to our patrons, and we do have donation tiers that start for as low as $3 per month. So make sure that you give that some thought. Kylie, do you like free things? I love free things. <laughs> Emma, do you like it when people just do things for you without asking, saving you money? Absolutely. Then you might want to consider using a travel agent to plan your next Disney vacation. If you're planning a Disney trip, a travel agent's commission is paid by Disney, not by you, and you just have somebody else in your corner to make reservations for you to make sure that your trip is as magical as it can possibly be. And the travel agency that sponsors our show, along with our patrons, was created by yours truly, daydreamtravelagency.com. So head on over there and utilize some of our very free vacation planning services. If you're thinking about going back to Disney World, Disneyland, Adventures by Disney, Disney Cruise Line, or Aulani, all of those trips can be planned for you. Head on over to daydreamtravelagency.com. Let's head into our news stories for today, starting off with an update to a story that we talked about uh, about a month or two, probably two months ago. So when Disney fans revolted after Disney decided to cancel Magical Express starting in January of 2022, for some reason, executives were dumbfounded. They were surprised that there was such a high level of pushback. If only there had been some way for Disney to realize that this might not be popular by, I don't know, like talking to some of the most loyal fans. But anyway, they decided to make this boneheaded move and Mears responded rather quickly. Uh, that's the company that's been operating the service 
since its inception around uh, 15, 16 years ago. And they released a statement committing to continuing Magical Express in some form in the future. I'm happy to say that this commitment has now been set in stone. Mirrors Connect will launch next January and will provide visitors with transportation services between the airport area theme parks and resorts. Guests can expect scheduled service, luggage handling, convenient airport terminal staging, and return trips from resorts to the airport. Mirrors will also offer enhancements to ensure greater convenience and vehicle options. Pricing for all services will be announced later this year, along with the launch of a custom reservation platform. Again, if we're thinking long term, just what a what a crazy move by Disney. This park mattered to a lot of people, and it was just something else on a long list of things, a long list of extras that had been basically removed. And people nowadays have less and less reason to stay on property. At this point, I think that Disney should just try to control the fallout by embracing this Mirrors Connect, allowing them to use the same buses, the same staff that's worked so well over the years. And if I'm in universal shoes right now, I'm watching this like a hawk, and I'm thinking about trying to implement this at Universal, right? Like, Mir's statement said, area theme parks in resorts. So I wouldn't be even a bit surprised if in the future you can take um, a Mir's Connect shuttle to Universal as well as Disney. But what do you guys think about this announcement in the future of Magical Express? Still just really bummed, like you said, that they made this decision. I think... It could it can only be bad for them because <laughs> if people are now renting cars and things like that, then that's just more of an excuse to eat off property where it's cheaper. And like you said, stay off property. So disappointed about that. Excited that there will still be some type of bus system. But again, now you have to pay for it. So that's kind of a, a downside for guests. But it is, um, I was hearing some news about the train system that's going to be built that will run from basically like all over Florida, but um, there will be a line from the Orlando airport right to Disney Springs. And um, I think that's going to be a great option, but it doesn't look like it's going to be complete till 2024. And I just, I'm shocked that Disney couldn't hold out for a couple more years to run this until that that train line is done. Yeah, and just to to echo that, a couple of the major shows that I watch and listen to um, are also kind of mostly travel agencies. And they're saying that there's like an interest in universal trips that they haven't ever seen before. Just you have to consider pricing and everything like that. And the narrative at Universal is different than Disney. At Disney, it's we're paying the same price and now all of a sudden we're getting a lot less. A lot of things have been taken away and that doesn't seem to be the case at Universal. So Disney should really just, I mean, now it's all off of their platform. Now you're going to make this separate reservation. You're going to do it from 
some type of website or an app that's run by mirrors. And yeah, you just have so much more incentive to do things outside of the Disney bubble. Yeah. It, yeah. I was just about to say it pops the Disney bubble 100%. Mm-hmm. In more transportation related news. Wow. Emma, tell me that. Tell me that the Skyliner is working perfectly. Tell me that this isn't true. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, it is true. The Skyliner gondolas have once again crashed. This happened on April 22nd, which was a Thursday evening. So it happened at the Hollywood Studios station, and it was documented by Instagram user Next Up Main Street. Based on the picture that that account posted, it seems like one of the wheelchair-accessible gondolas... Um, made contact with another vehicle as it made its way back to the main section of the track. Um, According to this post as well, after that happened, two of the gondolas banged into each other and um, a lot of glass shattered. So, (laughs) pretty bad. Disney, well, okay, the station reopened that same evening a couple hours later, so it wasn't super serious. Disney made an announcement about it the next day saying that no one was inside the cabins at the time of the crash and no one was hurt. So yeah, but it's pretty crazy. Very similar to what happened in 2019 when the gondolas crashed before. Then it was explained as a malfunction. They haven't really offered much of an explanation for this time yet so yeah hopefully everything is fine it i mean it's up and running like normal again so this just reminds me of the people mover story that we covered in our last episode where things just keep happening and seemingly everything is going wrong i'm honestly surprised that these can crash into each other yeah it seems like they would have something in place where two of these gondolas couldn't come within a certain distance of each other, but I'm obviously not an engineer and maybe they need a lot of manual control when they need to take these off to assist um, passengers that need like wheelchair assistance or something like that. But I'm just surprised that they can careen into each other with such force that glass is shattering and everything. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand either. It, It just seems like, I don't know, especially it's been like a couple years now. Yeah, I think the Skyliner was like one of our big stories when we started this podcast. You know, we were anticipating the opening date for that. And yeah, you'd think they'd have that figured out. And by the time this episode is released, theoretically, the People Mover will be operating after like 14 or 15 months of being down pretty much all the time. We'll see about that. Uh Uh-huh. We should take bets on that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, who even thinks that it'll be operating for more than a day flawlessly? No. (laughs) Definitely not. Flawlessly, no. There's going to be another fire. They're going to crash into each other. Something's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. And uh, for our last story, Kylie's going to give us an update on the Disney look. 
Yes, so Disney is striving to be more inclusive by allowing gender-inclusive hairstyles and some appropriate tattoos, among other things, for cast members. The Disney cast members currently operate under a system called the Four Keys. Um, So these are four ideals, which are safety, courtesy, show, and efficiency, that the cast members are meant to make all decisions um, with these concepts in mind. So Disney has decided after getting some feedback from the cast members um, on how to make the work environment better, they've decided to add a fifth key, uh, inclusion, and they hope that this will help make Disney parks a more welcoming place for all people. Uh, One of the many ways Disney is applying this principle of inclusion is by updating requirements for cast members' appearance. So if you didn't know, um, Disney's restrictions for cast members are pretty pretty strict. Um, But they are loosening these up, and they are going to be changing their policies to allow more personal expression through hairstyles, jewelry, nails, and appropriate visible tattoos, as well as... um, different costume choices, gender-inclusive co- uh, costume choices as well. Right. So I think in in terms of that, any cast member can choose whether they would like to wear the traditionally like male or female costume for the attraction or restaurant that they're working in. And I just love this so much. I love that it was cast member-driven, like they're taking feedback seriously. We know that the Disney look has been a point of contention for many years. And I think a lot of these restrictions were just, they came from another time and they don't really detract from your experience when you're in the park. And there are still some restrictions in place. Like for the tattoo thing, I think it can only be the length of your hand and anything bigger than that. You're still not allowed to show it, but And there have been some stories on social media circulating. And one of the great ones is this cast member who is finally able to wear shorts while they're working at Disney in the summer because they had a tattoo on their leg and they always had to just wear pants and (laughs) things like that. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like seeing a seeing a little tattoo on a cast member's leg that doesn't detract from from your magical experience. Or like, I didn't realize some of the restrictions for nails and jewelry too. Like what crazy policies there. Yeah. You have a lot of people who just wouldn't ever be considered to be hired, you know, because of things like that. And now maybe they have the opportunity to, to work at Disney for the first time. So exciting stuff, but please stay with us. Character dining is back in some form at Disney World, and we want to cover all of the options that are currently available to you. So that topic is coming right up. Right, so character dining, let's hop into this. Before we really get into the conversation, I think it's good to just talk a little bit generally 
about how dining right now at Disney is working. So if you want to do a sit down type of thing, you need to be willing to submit to a temperature check. Just like if you were going to enter the theme park, you also need to wear a mask and you need to have that mask on unless you are actively eating or drinking. And that's the same thing that they're doing in the parks right now too. So not just like you have the the food in front of you, not like you're you're waiting for the food to get to your table. Unless you are actively eating or drinking, they ask that the mask stays on your face. Next, uh, reservations are a little bit different than usual. Gone are the days where six months in advance you have to hop on and make your dining reservation. Now it's only 60 days in advance. I kind of think that's a good thing. I think that like six months is a bit excessive, but you really want to do it 60 days out as soon as you can. And the reservations open up at 6 a.m. And nowadays they are filling fast. The few months after the parks reopened, you could pretty much get a reservation wherever you wanted. Now it's really, really hard to get a reservation for any character dining experience and for the more popular places, especially at Hollywood Studios. All right, now that we've covered that, when you get to a character dining location, the character interaction is obviously different than it was before. So you can't actually hug the characters and get a close-up selfie with them. You'll be able to see the characters a couple of times. At most places, once everyone has been seated, they will do some type of like parade processional. They'll play some music and each character kind of has a little dance and they'll walk around and dance around the restaurant. Then later in the meal, they'll come back again and walk more slowly, kind of doing a table-to-table thing, and you have the chance to get a socially distanced selfie with the character. And before you leave, I think it's kind of cool that they're giving people a little, like, parting gift. They're, They're just kind of basic postcards of the restaurant, but it's signed by each character that was at the dining location, which is a nice touch. And the last big change is a lot of character dining experiences were buffets. Obviously, that's not the case anymore. Buffets, that's something that I wonder, like, when we have children, will children know what buffets are? Or is that honestly going to be just like a thing of the past? That, that might not ever come back. They're doing things more family style now. In most places are just bringing heaps of food to your table and you just kind of eat from that. It's kind of interesting. If you find something that you like, you can request more, but they're just going to bring a bunch of stuff and put it on the table. I wonder how much more wasteful that will end up being than a buffet. I honestly don't think any more wasteful than a buffet. More wasteful than your a la carte stuff because the thing with the buffet is like once the once it's gone they restock it whereas like if you bring it to a table no one could touch it and then it all gets thrown away yeah but i feel like there are more restrictions in buffets in terms of how long they can have food sitting out so it's not necessarily all of the food is eaten and then replaced i'm sure you can't just have like the egg sitting out for four hours you know like 
but that's a good good point. And first, we're going to talk about the notorious Chef Mickey's. Resting on its laurels for a long time, this is located in the Grand Canyon Concourse in the Contemporary Resort. You can see the monorail going past as you dine. Wow, this buffet was horrible. I think that this experience has been massively improved by COVID because by scaling back this terrible buffet, I think that the food quality has actually improved. And people are actually seemingly enjoying Chef Mickey's nowadays. It was just like a money trap before. Something that like first time, well, there are some fans of it, but a lot of like first time travelers to Disney World would go to Chef Mickey's and yeah. Right now, they're only doing breakfast there and that happens from 7.30 to 12.30. It costs $42 per adult and $27 for children. And if you would like to order specialty drinks or morning cocktails, there's an additional charge. Guests get to interact with Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Goofy here. All of them are dressed in really cute chef attire. In terms of the menu, they're going to bring you a different selection of fruits and yogurt parfaits. They also have some sweet rolls and different bread. Then for the main breakfast selections, they're going to bring out scrambled eggs, chicken sausage, Mickey waffles, slow roasted beef brisket, pork sausage links, Mickey shaped waffles, tofu scramble, smoked bacon, and then a loaded potato cheese casserole, celebration Mickey pancakes, which have like cute sprinkles types of things on it, whipped cream and all of that, and then banana bread, French toast. So some some pretty good options. I've watched some reviews. The The food does look much more decent than the typical Chef Mickey's fare. And right now at the current current moment, I mean, this is tied for the cheapest character dining experience that you can have. Um, so it's not a, definitely not as much of a ripoff as it has been in previous years. For your second option, this happens at Epcot. And in years past, this was sort of a hidden gem. A lot of people love the Garden Grill restaurant. It's a rotating rotunda style restaurant. And while you're rotating and eating, you get views of the Living with the Land attraction. And I don't think that it's quite so hidden anymore just because there are so few options. So people are just, you know, checking it out and making reservations. And it books up 60 days in advance, just like all the others. So you really have to to hop on it if you want to get into this place. But I like the fact that you get to meet Mickey, Pluto, Chip, and Dale. And they're kind of in farmer attire. Mickey is. I think Pluto has a bandana. I don't really think Chip and Dale, their outfit changes at all. But a lot of people just love the food that is served here. Something else important to point out, if you're going to make a reservation at Garden Grill or what Kylie's going to talk about in a moment at Hollywood and Vine, which is in Hollywood Studios, you need to have a park pass reservation for that day. 
If you don't, you're not getting in. And if you didn't cancel within 24 hours or more than 24 hours in advance, you're going to be paying that no-show fee. So make sure that you have an active park pass reservation. Like I mentioned, so this is inside the land pavilion. And the garden grill is open for lunch from 11.30 to 3.30 and dinner from 3.45 to 8 o'clock. Adults will pay $55 for each meal and children pay $36, so a bit more expensive than Chef Mickey's. This is a restaurant that firmly believes in the farm-to-table movement. And one of the cool things about it, in my opinion, is that guests get to eat a lot of vegetables that have been grown in the Living with the Land greenhouses. The things that they're going to bring to the table are all kind of fresh, really healthy foods. So they're going to bring out harvest-inspired garden salad, grilled beef with chimichurri, creamy mashed potatoes, seasonal vegetables, macaroni and cheese, sliced turkey breast, herb and leek stuffing. Then for dessert, a berry shortcake with whipped cream, which looks really, really good in the reviews that I was was watching. Then, of course, they do have some specialty drink um, and alcoholic beverages that are available for an additional purchase. So, Kylie, why don't you take us through the other two character dining locations that are operating at the current moment? First up, we're going to talk about Hollywood and Vine. This is a character dining experience in Hollywood Studios, and they are actually offering options for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, The vibe of the restaurant is kind of like 50s diner style, um, but the breakfast that they're running right now is the Disney Junior Junior Play and Dine experience. So this takes place from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m., and it'll cost between uh, $27 for kids and $42 for adults. At this location, um, they're doing that family-style situation as well, kind of. Um, Each table is going to get a shared pastry basket with things like mini muffins, monkey bread, um, kind of like your pastries. And then um, your entrees will actually be plated individually. So you'll choose from a selected menu and everyone will get their own entree. So the choices for your entrees include scrambles, um, omelets, and frittatas, things like French toast, pancakes, and more. So lots of good choices to choose from there. The characters you'll see here are Vampirina, Doc McStuffins, Fancy Nancy, and Roadster Goofy. So for all the the little kids out there, this is a good one for them. I'd love to go there. Let's go. (laughs) Doc McStuffins. I feel differently just because when they when they thought about which four character dining experiences should we be bringing back right now, I get it. Like, there's probably a lot of money to be made. And of course, the younger you are, the more excited you are to meet and interact with characters. But there's like Tusker House. There's Cinderella Royal Table. There's... Crystal Palace. Yeah, Crystal Palace. There are a lot of like really cool experiences. And also it seems like they would want to be operating one where you can meet the princesses right now. Yeah. Which they're not doing. So I was just, I don't know. I was kind of like a strange decision 
for me, but I'm not into the Disney Junior thing, so I'm sure those characters are massively popular. Well, here's my issue with it. Um, why wouldn't they pick Sophia the First to be in there? <laughs> um, but also, like, seriously, I I also think it's weird that they chose a Disney Junior character dining to be open. Like, what is Roadster Goofy? I have no Does idea. Good question. I have no clue. Is he a racer? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not up to date with Disney Junior. Moving on to their lunch and dinner options. This um, For lunch and dinner, they're doing Minnie's Seasonal Dining. And their lunch hours are from 11 to 3.55. And dinner is served from 4 to 8. This experience changes seasonally, which is kind of cool. And it includes festive music, decor, and seasonally dressed characters. Um, for lunch or dinner, they're both the same price. You'll pay $55 for adults and $36 for kids. So similarly to the breakfast, both meals start with shared appetizers, which it sounds like it's really just a salad um, that is brought out for the whole table. And then it's followed with individual entrees. Um, so each person gets their own meal again there. Right now, lunch options range from beef to seafood to pork to pasta. Um, and same with dinner. There's all kinds of, you can really get any meat that you want. There's a dish that, <laughs> that has that kind of meat. Um, and then there's some pasta options, vegetarian options as well. So the cool thing is the food is always changing. Um, it's changing seasonally. So you might get something different every time you go. Um, the characters that you'll see at this one are Mickey, Minnie, Goofy and Pluto. And the last option for character dining right now is Topolino's Terrace, Flavors of the Riviera. Obviously, this one is located at the Riviera Resort, and character dining is offered for breakfast only. Uh, the breakfast is called A la Art with Mickey and Friends, and it runs from 7.30 a.m. to 12.15. This is a rooftop restaurant, and it has beautiful views um, with a French Riviera theme one of the most gorgeous places to eat on property uh, from the looks of it. Absolutely. This is the one that I would love to try the most. Yeah. The breakfast will cost you $42 per adult and $27 per kid. Again, this meal starts with fresh pastries and bread for the table, and then individual entrees will be brought out again. So the entree options here include quiche, scrambles, and other egg options, waffles, smoked salmon, and more. So again, lots of delicious um, entree options at this location. Yeah, plated beautifully. It looks like a really high-end, fine dining type of place. And at this restaurant, you can see Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Daisy all dressed up in uh, these little artist outfits that are unique to this location. So super cute. I believe there's like a painter, a dancer, uh, actor... Lots of cute, cute little outfits that they have on. So this is a really cool one, um, one that we definitely want to try in the near future. Yep, so those are the four available at this time. If you want any of them, book at 6 a.m., 60 days in advance, <laughs> because you don't have much hope if you don't do it. Now to end our episode, we each tried to think of a couple additional character dining experiences that might be cool to add in the future at Disney World. 
we each kind of took a different approach like usual. For me, I was kind of thinking about COVID restrictions and how that might continue to influence our interactions with characters. And also I tried to take into account some advancements in technology and how that could kind of play a role in character dining moving forward. So the first one that I thought of was maybe a character dining experience at Space 220. Interactive animatronics continue to kind of become a bigger and bigger thing, like people interacting with Lightning McQueen and stuff like that over at Disneyland. And with COVID concerns in mind, I think that you could create like an interactive animatronic Wally in Eve who would be kind of roaming around the restaurant, fitting with that space theme. And I'm just imagining the two of them kind of like whirling around going table to table. And you know how waiters like will bring that basket of bread to your table? What if the the space-like themed appetizer that you share at your table comes out of like Wally's trash compactor? That would be so cool. <laughs> he just delivers that to your to your table. But I think that could remove a lot of the oh I can't hug, you know, this character type of concern. And my next one that I thought of is along those same lines, and it heavily draws on the technology that's working at Turtle Talk with Crush and also an animator's palette on the cruise ships. This one takes place at the Coral Reef restaurant in Epcot. And I forget that this restaurant exists a lot of the time. Yeah, <laughs> It's really kind of buried in the park. And of course, you know, a huge man-made coral reef and like the full aquarium that they have in there is pretty sweet, but you don't really think about dining at this location very often because of all of the world showcase restaurants that you have. So maybe adding a character dining experience would draw more people to this location. And I'm thinking that each table, in addition to being able to watch the fish in the coral reef, would have one of those like interactive LED screens like you do at Animator's Palette. And then you could have like Marlin, Nemo, Dory, and Bruce from Finding Nemo all kind of swimming onto your screen, talking to the table, doing things like that. And that completely, you know, eliminates the the social distancing element from, from the meal. And I also think that the few times that characters can actually have verbal interactions with guests around the park, those are really special things. Like you can do that with Mickey and obviously the, the princes and princesses, but this kind of expands that idea just a little bit. So a Finding Nemo character dining thing at Coral Reef restaurant was my second idea. Love it. Those both sound awesome. And Yeah, let's head over to your two creations, Kylie. So my first um, idea was to add a character dining element at the Roundup Rodeo Barbecue that is about to open. Well, I shouldn't say about. Is in the process of being built at Hollywood Studios um, in Toy Story Land. I just think that everyone loves 
Toy Story. It's really become one of those like iconic Disney Pixar staples. Um, and there isn't really a place where you can interact with all of those characters. Um, and I think they could even make it into a combined like character dining slash dinner show rodeo type of experiment experience. I'm thinking of like the hoopty doo review where the characters perform for you, but you also get to see them and have them at their, at your table. Um, so I think that would be a great one to add. And I think there'd be a lot of interest in that. Oh, for sure. I love that idea. It fits so well thematically and it is kind of surprising that Toy Story doesn't have a character dining experience at the moment. Because, yeah, those those characters are so popular. The next one I was thinking is at Animal Kingdom. Um, this would require a completely new restaurant to be made. I think, honestly, Animal Kingdom is lacking in dining experiences in general. So... Um, this would be a welcome addition, but I'm combining kind of the concept of the Rainforest Cafe, the T-Rex restaurant, but adding the theme of the Lion King. Um, so my thought is that, you know, it would be a heavily themed restaurant where you feel like you're kind of walking in to the Hakuna Matata jungle scene. You have... Uh, those like animatronic puppet type things that you see in the Festival of the Lion King um, where you can, I'm thinking like when you first walk in, kind of like when you go to Cinderella's royal table, you like meet Cinderella before you even go sit down, thinking you kind of like walk in and meet maybe Simba and Pumbaa who can't really move because they're, you know, huge animatronic things can like interact with them before you go to your table and then characters like Timon and Rafiki who are a little more mobile could actually like walk around throughout the dinner but yeah creating like a character dining experience within the heavily themed rainforest cafe vibe yes I love that so much and having the the Lion King characters as a character dining experience that also crossed my mind I just didn't really take the route of like creating a new restaurant. I was trying to like think of places where it could exist currently and nothing really seemed right, but that could totally be a worthwhile creation. I mean, why don't you just destroy the rainforest cafe that's right next to animal kingdom? Why does that need to be there? Like you're in Disney, just have people go do a lion King dining experience. <laughs> yeah. All right, Emma, what did you come up with here? Okay. I'm I'm excited. Uh, okay, so my first one is um, a Raya and the Last Dragon themed one. Um, it would be called um, Kumandra's Dragon River. It would have the five regions, which are heart, fang, spine, talon, and tail. And basically, at each region, it would be obviously that region's theme with characters from that region. So Heart um, is filled with lush rainforests and it's very peaceful. And the characters there would be Raya and Benja, the chief of Heart, and Raya's dad. Um, at Fang 
It's militaristic, vast and complex structures and surrounded by a canal. The characters are Namari and Chief Disparana. At Spine, it's snow covered it's a snow covered bamboo forest, and the character there would be Tong. Talon is a floating market on the water. Uh, there's a lot of movement, lights, people, food, smells, and everything. The characters there would be Little Noi and the Anjis. And finally, at Tail, Tail is a sweltering desert. There are pockets of villages, a uh, rustic aesthetic, and it's at the end of the river, and the character there would be Boone. And so, yeah, I'm kind of imagining, like, on the ceiling of each of these places that there would be like a fragment of the dragon stone and um also like kind of like stars that are in the shape of dragons that kind of like light up um so yeah I I just thought that'd be really cool that would be the most intense character dining experience ever (laughs) <laughs> well that would definitely be an adventure yeah yeah so would you only get to sit in one region or would you like rotate through the regions i i throughout the meal i think probably one but what if it was like a, a rotunda where you yeah rotate? or oh, i was yeah. even thinking if it was like a little um kylie have you seen the movie yet yeah Okay. Yeah, like on the shrimporium, like that type of thing, they go through like a... You sit on a boat? Yeah, and Uh, go to the different worlds. Yeah, but I didn't know if that was too complex, but I feel like we're already at that point. Oh my gosh. And the food could be like Japanese steakhouse style where you have a chef on your boat and they like make the food on your boat. That's such a good idea. (laughs) There we go. I love how it just, you have like the five very unique lands. Kind of reminds me of like Tepan Edo and how you can dine in each of the elements and yeah. it's designed differently. So great idea. All right. And your second? Uh, my second one is a uh, villains themed character dining experience. I feel like villains don't get enough um, time, you know? Uh I was thinking it it might be called like Underworld or something cool like that, and it would literally be located under the castle. Because, um, well, this is kind of inspired by when I was younger. Um, Kylie would tell me that the like characters in the park were people dressed up as characters, but the real ones lived under the castle. Yeah. <laughs> Did um, I really? Yeah. I don't and remember that. Because I think <laughs> you might have accidentally said that they weren't real and like the people in the parks weren't real, but then you kind of... No, actually, I think you used to be confused because we'd see them multiple places. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd say those are people in costumes, but the real characters live under the castle. And I thought that was like serious for like the normal amount of time for a kid to believe in it like but um yeah so kind of inspired by that um there would be different sections for each villain and I was thinking it would have like Scar, Ursula, Maleficent, Jafar, 
the evil queen. Yeah, I don't know. The I'm, main villains. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that would be really cool. And then those villains would come and, like, maybe with their sidekicks, you know. Uh, I think in that you'd definitely just eat in one place. But it'd be, yeah. Yeah, move the Utilidor out of there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> if that wasn't in the way, you could plop that right down there. That would be really fun. All right, so those were six ideas, Disney. Feel free to try and implement some of these. For a small, small fee. <laughs> yes, we, we demand credit. <laughs> yeah, for a small finder's fee. Include our name at the bottom of the menu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that has been our episode on character dining that you can currently do in the parks or resorts. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Disney Daydream Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and that you'll join us for the next one. Remember, be kind to one another and take the time to find a magical moment in each and every day. Yeah.